0: slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today.
1: It's our listener Q&A episode, one of our favorites, where Jen and I answer your questions. Stay
0: tuned. Time for our first listener Q&A of 2023. These are always some of my favorite episodes where we put it out to our listeners. What is concerning you right now? What's top of your heart, top of your mind? What is causing you stress and strain in your household? What questions do you have about your boys and how can we help you? So Janet and I both posed that question to our listeners recently, and we are going to be tackling those questions today. Janet, what should we start with?
1: Well, I just love this episode because I love hearing, you know, what's on our listeners' hearts and minds. And it's always about striving to understand their boys, understand family dynamics even more and so let's dive in with matthew's first question he in their family they have three boys 15 17 and 19 and three girls 2 9 and 13. so big big age spread he says our boys are incredibly close practically best friends and our girls are similar what can we do to bring the groups the boy older boys and younger girls closer together we have tried divide and conquer mixing who runs errands with us and such game nights movie nights outings which all sounds great right and he says the right. girls are always receptive but the boys act like they've been plague ridden to have to tolerate their sisters for more than a meal time it's anxiety inducing
0: for the entire household. You gotta love that description, right? Plague ridden to have to tolerate their sisters for more than a meal time. If that doesn't paint a picture, I don't know what does.
1: Yeah. Can't you hear the disgust and disdain in the boys' voices, especially 15, 17, and
0: 19? Uh huh. Um, I'll be honest, Matthew shared this question with me on Facebook, and I responded with a gift from the Brady Bunch and I suggested that maybe they form a band or go on a Hawaiian vacation and find a haunted totem he didn't really seem to think that that was a good answer
1: (laughs) I thought that was the answer to everything a Hawaiian vacation right
0: can't hurt to try (laughs) it if you have the resources give it a try yeah if you don't I have a couple thoughts on this one um, my first thought is that keep doing what you're doing. That divide mm-hmm. and conquer, mixing up who's mm-hmm. going, you know, on errands and outings, um, I think is a great idea, as is, you know, having some of these family activities. Here's the thing from somebody who has been raising boys and is from a family of six myself. i'm I'm one of six siblings, there will be grumbling there will Mm -hmm. be eye rolling, there will be Mm -hmm. teasing. All Mm -hmm. of that is totally normal. And so some of it, you just got to power through and know that it's part of life. It's hard not to give it your energy because it's so damn annoying, Mm -hmm. but the less energy and attention you give to it, the better for your mental health. Mm -hmm. So I say, number one, keep doing what you're doing. Number two, I noticed that significant age gap, right? So the boys are all very similar in age, 15, 17, and 19. There's going to be more synergy there
2: mm-hmm. than
0: with a, a two-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a 13-year-old girl. And we know that during adolescence, particularly, there's a lot more you know differentiation and you kind of crowd towards those like you. You know, yeah. boys tend to gravitate towards other boys. Girls tend to gravitate towards other girls. That's pretty normal. So I, I don't think I would push too hard right now mm-hmm. because the other thing that I know, I'm the oldest of the six siblings in, in my family. There's me. I have four brothers and then my sister. I was not close to my brothers growing up. I had zero in common with most of them, like zero in common with most of them. They did things together. I did nothing with them if I could help it. I am very close to my brothers right now. And it's mm-hmm. not because of any, you know what? I shouldn't discredit this. Maybe it does have something to do with the the environment my parents set up, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that we kind of found each other as adults Mm-hmm. um As adults, I hate to tell you, Matthew, but one of the things that we bond over as siblings is wow, we both survived those parents. <laughs> you too, Ooh, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> They'll have that, and then you find some common interests sometimes mm-hmm. in adulthood that you don't. You know, or some of our listeners yeah. know I went on a five-day hike in the Pacific Northwest with one of my brothers this year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's it's funny we had this conversation recently over the holidays and my kids guessed that out of my six siblings that I was closest with my brother, Tom, when we were growing up, Tom is the one I've gone hiking with now a couple of times. I'm like, no, I was not closest with Tom growing Mm up.
1: mm -hmm.
0: For one, he's eight years younger than me and he's a boy. What would we have had in common?
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. But now we do.
1: Yeah. I think that's such a good perspective, Jen. And I hope Matthew will take that up and, and realize, you know, that there, with this huge age gap, it's natural and it's normal. And and they are doing so many of the right things. And you keep having those family experiences and recognize that, like you, you find each other in adulthood or you don't, but likely you will if you've done these family activities together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, let go of the anxiety a little bit. Be okay with how it is and relax around it and recognize, you know, I mean, it is a gift for one thing that your boys are so close and your girls are so close. Right. So they know how to have relationships and that's that's some of the gold that that's there already in place.
0: So much of the answer, frankly, to a lot of these questions that we're going to tackle today into a lot of parenting questions in general, the answer is time. Yeah. Right. Right. It's keep doing what you're doing. Try and let go of the anxiety. Kids are going to continue to grow and mature. And as that happens, their behavior matures also.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's a related question from Chelsea that, that will, I think we should, tackle next. Okay. And Chelsea asks, what suggestions do you have for common interest with your boys? So this is parent to child now. Okay. It feels like we have almost nothing in common except movie dates and going out to dinner. I don't like video games or YouTube. He is 10 and he doesn't like hiking or museums anymore. I sense a little heartache there from Chelsea.
0: That heartache is a common thing that we hear from parents when mm-hmm. their boys, especially moms, when their boys hit around that age, isn't it, Janet? It
1: so is because, as you said, they're gra- gravitating towards their friends. And, yeah, they have interests. And, in, Jen, I, I laugh because I've heard you talk about this so many times. I don't care about snowmobiles. I don't <laughs> care about lawnmowers. And your boys absolutely do and so yeah and so there's a place where you may not care about YouTube you may not like video games and it's also a place where your son is developing his ability to have a conversation which Mm -hmm. might feel super one-sided but he's telling you about his world and you don't have to like it but I would say try to engage Try to Mm -hmm. engage on some level and be curious about, oh, well, what do you like about that YouTuber? And what do you think he would say about X, Y, Z? You try to expand and, and if you can think of it as, oh, I'm helping him develop his conversational capacity so that when he's 25 and calling me from his life, we can have conversations about things that are interesting to
0: you. I love that. I love it. When I first saw Chelsea's question, I thought, you know, almost nothing in common except for movie dates and going out to dinner. That's enough for Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Frankly, if you can even do that with your 10 year old occasionally, and I will be honest that going out to dinner or lunch or grabbing food, that is your ace in the hole through the teen years. Mm -hmm. Very few preteen and teen boys, even young adult boys will say no to a free meal. There you go. Did I just take my oldest son out for lunch yesterday? Yes. Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. Um, So rely on that. And the other thought that I had, and I don't know if this will work. You have to try it in your own family. Um, You may be able to do some bargaining with your kid first, even without the bargaining, even though you don't like video games or YouTube, totally get that. It is worth making the effort sometimes. And by Mm -hmm. that, I mean, you know, watching what he's playing in the video game or watching one of his YouTube videos, letting him share that with you because they do light up as we all do. When somebody takes an interest in our interest, they light up. Mm -hmm. You can go a little bit further if you're comfortable and, you know, try to play the game. Kids love being the experts and us not being the experts. So that's kind of hilarious, funny and bonding. Also can be frustrating. Uh, Once games got complicated, I'm out. I am out. There are too many buttons and functions right now. But the other thing you could try is saying, okay, I will play this video game with you. And then you go on a hike with me. Let's kind of do some bargaining and trading. Mm -hmm. That may work.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And in that bargaining and trading, uh, I'm thinking about our response to the question before of, you know, he's going to grumble. He's going to moan and groan. (laughs) He's going to eye roll about that hike, but it sounds like it's something that you've established as a thing that you do together. So you just have to get through that little hurdle of the eye rolls, the grumbling, grousing, dragging their feet. You know, I don't want to do this because once you get out there, likely he's going to relax and connect and remember that he enjoys this thing I remember a mom told me once this is coming back to me the same thing her son didn't want to go on an outing and she made him go and once they were out he said to her mom remind me how much I like this when I say I don't want to do it nice So he could see that once he's out there and aren't we like that, isn't that human nature? Oh, I don't want to go for that walk or I don't want to do that. Once you're out, oh, I'm so glad I did this. So kind of push through some of the resistance because that's just normal, typical behavior. And as you said, you might have to bargain it.
0: I'm going to acknowledge here that it is so much easier for us to sit here right now and say, ignore the grumbling, push through the resistance and a whole nother thing to be in the vehicle, listening to the grumbling. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the emotional capacity to deal with that today, don't. Because when you are at your wits end, if you try and do that, then it is not going to end well. Do it when you have a little more emotional capacity, almost go into it with this mental force field around you like I'm not going to let this get in I'm not going to let it get in and bother me if you can do that you have some hope regarding the museums it occurred to me you know I used to love going to museums with my boys when they were younger we have the Milwaukee Public Museum we visited that so many times there's a dinosaur exhibit and there's a butterfly you know a lot of cool stuff that we did And, um, you know, this Discovery World Museum, we love doing this stuff. And as they got older, of course, they didn't want to do it with me as much anymore because their other activities took precedence. But you know what we did last year for Mother's Day? We went went to the Milwaukee Public Museum. Uh, One more tip for for this mom, especially if you're thinking about and trying to get him to come along on things like hiking or museums, let him invite a friend along. That's what I was going to
1: say. Take a friend. Yeah and attach food to it. Like you said, hey, we're going to go for a hike, invite Jack to come along, and then we're going to stop at that ice cream place on the way
0: home. Ooh, or you can pick out some snacks to bring along. Yeah, yeah. We had one yeah. bench along one hike that was the gummy bear bench.
1: <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And I would also reassure Shel- Chelsea that you are you have things in common don't fret Mm -hmm. too much. You do have things in common. It's okay. You
0: may discover some new ones in the coming Mm -hmm. years too. His interest will continue to grow as will yours. You may reconnect on something that neither one of you can even imagine right now. All right. Let me pick one of these. This is so fun listeners,
1: because we don't know which question the other one is going to choose. So it's like, on the spot here we go
0: this one feels related to me um because one of the one of the things with that common interest question is you feel like you're disconnected from your boy and that's Mm -hmm. a distressing feeling for a lot of moms related to that Brittany asks us if it is normal for a teen boy to push moms away during this time and cling to dad She says she feels like she can do nothing right, whereas her husband can do no wrong. And, you know, she says my husband is very loving and supportive and he gets it. But she's just wondering, is this normal? Big sigh. Yes, absolutely.
1: Typical. And it hurts. It hurts. I would say first to Brittany awesome that your son and his dad have that strength of relationship not every family has that not every mom has that or not every boy has that man in his life that he can connect to in that way so i totally want to acknowledge that also and this really does speak to the place where boys need men in their life whether it's dad or uncle or neighbor Boys need men. And because I was a teacher, I'm always thinking about, you know, in the school system, in their growing up, early childhood, kindergarten, elementary school, they don't see a lot of men in the teaching capacity. So to have other men in their life in other ways is coaches, all all those kinds of things is really important. And it is natural that boys will gravitate towards those men because they're trying to figure out what is it to be a man Mm -hmm. what is it to you know walk down the street in a certain way order food in a certain way respond in in certain ways and while moms you know are giving their boys a lot of emotional education all the things it's different when it's a man i love it and it hurts cuz and so Jen I'm curious our resident expert on raising boys did you have and then maybe one boy in particular was the one who kind of uh individuated we'll say more strongly than the others and separated from you do you, you what know do you what you was interesting about that?
0: i think our dynamic because there's four boys and me and then you know, longtime listeners know that I'm divorced and I've been separated and living separate from their dad for, I mean, the more than a decade now. And the kids have been going back and forth, his house and my house. And I don't know if it's because they're guys, but interest-wise, they share a lot more interest with their dad than I do. Their dad is into snowmobiling, right? So there's a lot of things where they do have in common with their dad and they gravitate towards him. And- another common dynamic is dads often start to feel more comfortable around their sons in
2: mm-hmm. their teen
0: years. Cause now these guys can do something.
2: Mm-hmm. It's not
0: just the nurturing and the upkeep. These kids can, they can play, they can catch, they can snowmobile, they can help fix things. They are interested in the world of men. So it's, it's time to forge a connection for me. Um, I welcomed it because it meant I had more time for me to do my things, whether my things at that moment were working on making a living to support my household or to just do the gen stuff that the boys Mm -hmm. don't like. I love sitting and reading a book. None of them want to do that with me. (laughs) I like watching musicals. I only have one that likes musicals, you know, so I tried to take advantage of that time to nurture. Parts of myself and engage in experiences that I didn't really get to do very much of when the boys were littler and like that constant needing me.
1: So, Brittany and all you moms out there, just to say this is a time to embrace and go, yes, go be with dad. And like you said, oh, yeah, I remember some things I like to do for myself. And so go do those things. Go do. Go do. I hear from parents all the time how bath time can be such an ordeal. And yet bath time can be really fun. In fact, here in the very cold winter, we use bath time as an activity. Dabble and Dollop has got this dialed in because they have bath products that are not only natural, healthy, free of toxins, all the things we want for our kids, but they're fun. Jen, you said when your boys were young, they loved to make potions.
0: My son, Tyler, had so much fun mixing things together, making potions, recipes. He would have loved Dabble and Dollop's Day at the Beach bath mixing set because it's a collection of soap scents and a little mixing thing, and your kids can combine scents and make their own creations. It is exactly the kind of thing that can turn bath time into a fun, enjoyable, creative endeavor instead of just a fight. And I will say the
1: bubbles have been bow tested in the bathtub and they last. They stay bubbles for a long time. Dabble and Dollop has everything from bath time shampoos, bubble baths, body washes, conditioners, lotions, bath bombs, bath toys and accessories. There's so many things to explore. At Dabble and Dollop,
0: go to dabbleanddollop.com slash onboys to get twenty percent off your first order. That's dabbleanddollop.com slash onboys. Twenty percent off for being an onboys listener.
1: I hear from parents all the time how bath time can be such an ordeal, and yet bath time can be really fun. In fact, here in the very cold winter. We use bath time as an activity. Dabble and Dollop has got this dialed in because they have bath products that are not only natural, healthy, free of toxins, all the things we want for our kids, but they're fun. Jen, you said when your boys were young, they loved to make potions.
0: My son Tyler had so much fun mixing things together, making potions, recipes, He would have loved Dabble and Dollop's Day at the Beach bath mixing set because it's a collection of soap scents and a little mixing thing and your kids can combine scents and make their own creations. It is exactly the kind of thing that can turn bath time into a fun, enjoyable creative endeavor instead of just a fight.
1: And I will say the bubbles have been bow tested in the bathtub and they last. They stay bubbles for a long time. Dabble and Dollop has everything from bath time shampoos, bubble baths, body washes, conditioners, lotions, bath bombs, bath toys and accessories. There's so many things to explore at Dabble and Dollop.
0: Go to com slash onboys to get 20% off your first order. That's com slash onboys. 20% off for being an onboys listener. Let's stick with the young teens for a minute. Karen asks an incredibly common concern. What steps should I take to monitor my 13-year-old's online gaming? Now, note, she's not asking about controlling screen time. She's not asking that. She's not asking about controlling gaming. She's asking to monitor his online gaming. And she says she's been able to limit the gaming so far because they don't have a gaming system at their house. But now that he has a PC, he can log on with his friends and game. And the computer's not in his room, you know, so that helps. But how do you keep gaming time in check? How do you monitor it? Janet, I know you get this question a lot from your parenting clients.
1: A lot. And it's really about and especially because he's 13, you can have the conversations. You can collaborate about you know, I I always when when we have these conversations, I always think of a pie chart. You know, you only have certain amount of time in a day when you're awake. You only have you know, you have time when you're at school you have time when you're doing other things so you only have a slice of the pie that is left for time to be online so that's kind of a starting place to say oh we have on Wednesdays you have three hours maybe three hours is filled up with gaming also to have the conversation about what else has to be done for your health and well-being time with family time outside exercise sports whatever his other interests are and I think for especially for very visual boys lay it out you look at the schedule of a day or the week and, and then be prepared to give a little you know you might be like oh I don't want him to spend more than an hour online a day be prepared to give a little. what do you think?
0: I think that's excellent advice and the base that Karen and her family has already established will help them here. Because by definition, it's going to be easier to monitor his gaming and to limit his time if you don't have a gaming system at home and if the computer is in a common area of the house, right? Because here's the thing, with online gaming, yes, they can connect with people all over the world. It can be it could be their friend from school or down the street, and most often it is, but they can also connect with strangers, which is a scary thing for parents. And they can, yes, they can chat. A lot of the times they are engaging um, verbally through headphones and chat. And so if, especially if it's in a common area of the house, you can kind of overhear things, which helps cue you in a little bit. If you start hearing problematic language, I don't care if he's gaming with his friends. That's fair game to talk about. You can interrupt him in the moment, as far as I'm concerned, and say, hey, not in this house. We don't allow that language in this house. Or also, you can talk to him about that later. I think that is an important thing. Some of this also involves gradually handing over the reins. He's only 13, so now is not the time to completely hand over the reins. But as you gradually start releasing control and work with him, he's going to screw up. He's going to screw up. We all do, and this is how we learn. So when you have these conversations about things like boundary setting and what information to share or not share or who to engage and play with online have those conversations underscore those conversations but do it in such a way that you also convey your willingness to help if a problem develops don't make it sound like well if you do this you're an idiot or mm-hmm. I will be so mad at you and you will never get to play again because yeah. those are the for instances where people really get in trouble Mm -hmm. And you run into threats and even sextortion schemes and those kinds of things. You want your child to be able to come with you if things start going south.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's keeping that conversation. And that's really what it is about. And I I liked your point about, yep, he's 13. It is not time to turn the reins over completely. So helping him be aware of the larger world out there and what, what he needs to be on the lookout for, and that he can always come to you.
0: Now, one thing that I don't know a lot about, and perhaps one of our listeners will, and will chime in and send us a message and let us know. I know that there are a lot of different filters and monitors out there that people can use on their devices. You know, we've talked about Bark, for instance. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how well, or if any of these work with online gaming. So if I, you have Bark installed on your on the PC your kid is using, will that alert you to problematic language in, say, an online uh, gaming situation? I don't know the answer to that. If you do, know. listeners, let us know. Let us know what you're using and what has been effective for you.
1: Yeah, that would be great because we we don't know. And we're happy to say that we don't know. Let's go to Kate's question. She has a seven-year-old. How can a seven-year-old have so much anger and attitude? That's the only thing. And then she has a tear emoji after that.
0: Wasn't one of the very first things we did together way back when was about boys and anger?
1: Yep. Yep. I've talked about boys and anger for years and part of it. So of course, there's way more to this question than we know from Kate, but Anger can come from so many different directions, but I think part of it is when our boys feel constrained by the school day or by the, you know, limitations of home life, whatever it might be, their way of expressing their frustration is not going to be, hey, mom, you know, let's sit down over (laughs) hot chocolate and chat about this. That's not going to be how it shows up. It's going to show up in a physical way, which is, can be anger, can be, you know, extreme energy and attitude. And so it really needing to look more deeply at, you know, what's going on at home, what's going on at school and looking at things that way. But to recognize if your boy is angry, typical, I mean, there's temperament too. We have to look at that, but if he's, seems kind of out of bounds anger wise start to look at what's going on at school that he may not be telling you about Mm -hmm. is he getting enough movement always have to look at nutrition and sleep 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 is huge so it's like looking at the environmental factors around which you can begin to shape and control and change and then considering his temperament. He might just be a kid who is just like explosive, like type A personality. That might be in there too. And then he's seven. So he doesn't know how to manage his emotions yet. And he may not even know how to identify his emotions.
0: And here's where we graft in the idea that for decades now, anger has been the acceptable male negative emotion fear not acceptable shame not acceptable sadness not acceptable that's evolving that's changing but it's still very predominant in our society and by 7 boys know this
1: they know.
0: absolutely
1: know it yeah good point
0: so i would say to kate and to all
1: and and this goes for any age child boy helping them identify their emotions is crucial. And it starts with where do you feel it in your body? When he has an angry outburst, of course, you're not going to talk about it with him in the moment. You're going to wait and then start to discover. It's just like being a detective. Where did you know what what set you off? Like did you feel a tingling in your toes? Did your stomach get tight? Did your face get hot? And start to identify those places in their body. And then you can bring that into a conversation of it. it, You know, it's labeling. It's putting a word to this tightness in my stomach, this flush in my cheeks. And it's a guessing game. It's just a guessing game. It's all the nuances around anger. You know, it's it's like you said, embarrassment, frustration. I'm hungry. You know, we all know about being hangry. Uh, so it's looking at that and helping him begin to learn because he's only seven. It's just helping him begin to learn to identify and then manage his emotions.
0: Parents, it may be helpful for you to do that with yourself because the real shocker for me, you know, yes, there's the, how can a seven-year-old possibly have so much anger and attitude? Yes, I remember feeling that. And the part that I wasn't saying aloud was, how can a seven-year-old make me feel so angry and out of control? I was having very big feelings and I did not like that. And when I feel as a parent frustrated and out of control, because I don't know what to do about this, that's another issue that needs to be addressed. And We won't go deeply into it here. We've covered it in other episodes, but this is that piece of stopping and looking at ourselves and our reactions and learning to manage our emotions before we can really work effectively with our kids on helping them manage their emotions.
1: Yes. And as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you can't do this alone. You know, it's really hard to do it for yourself. And so, you know, find a parent coach. I'm a family coach. I do free breakthrough sessions. We can set that up. Uh, I also have a monthly program where we talk in on Zoom live twice a month. You ask your questions, but it's also an opportunity to understand your boy more deeply. It's called Decoding Your Boy. Less yelling, more connecting. You can find out more at boysalive.com slash decode. We meet on the first and 15th of every month. And it's a way to tap into a global community of parents and connect with me. And it's it's just sharing experiences and knowing that your seven-year-old is not the only one with anger and attitude. And so connecting and that kind of can soften your own parental angst around it and realize, oh, okay, it's not just my kid, which can feel so good. It's
0: not just my kid. It's coming through in a lot of these questions. I mean, we've already had two or three versions of, is this normal? Is this normal? Mm-hmm. And that sense of community engagement with other parents who are in the trenches with you and those who have been there before you is so valuable. This is what we do in My Building Boys community as well. You connect with other parents of boys of all ages. So you've got the experience of those who came before you who can say, hang on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is you know what? We've got um, Brittany asks us why is he such a butthead (laughs) why do they know everything at the age of 16 and some version of this question is asked by every parent of every teenage boy everywhere and it is it is so reassuring when to a person nearly everybody says yeah mine too Mm -hmm. so that you know Mm -hmm. first of all your kid it's just like there's really nothing inherently wrong with your kid and there's nothing inherently wrong with you or your parenting. Like this is just part of what happens. And when you've got parents who have lived through this, that can say, hang on, hang on, hang on. Even when he is being a butthead, he can't say to you right now, I really need your love and I need some approval and sense that I'm okay. He's not going to say that it's going to look like anger and attitude and eye rolling. But when other parents can share how that consistent support and showing up, even when it's hard for you, even when he tells you that's not what he wants, leads to connection and re-engagement when they start hitting, you know, 17, 18, 20, 23, that makes a difference.
1: Yeah, that kind of circles us back around to the beginning when you were talking about it is so much about that connection piece for us. As parents, we can't do it alone. We wanna understand, we need to understand our boys and especially for moms. So find a community on Facebook. You've got Building Boys. I've got Boys Alive. Connect with other people. You are not alone. And listeners, we love your questions. We have fun answering them on the on the fly as we do. And we we haven't planned these answers. And I love having the conversation with you.
0: And, you know, I want to say upfront, I feel a little bit bad because I know that everybody wants an easy answer. Mm -hmm. This is the one sentence answer to what you do to monitor your 13 year old's online gaming. I don't have that. No, this is the one sentence answer to how do you help your boys and your girls connect and, and get rid of some of that family stress? I don't have that. Parenting takes time. Child development takes time. Nurturing relationships takes so much time. All of these things that you are doing right now, I mean, you can tell from these questions, these are parents who care really deeply about their Mm -hmm. kids. These Mm -hmm. are parents that are actively seeking out information to help their kids grow and mature in, in safe, healthy ways. That counts for a lot. You are doing better than you think, parents.
1: As always, thank you for being our listeners. If you found value, please share this with a friend. We are your On Boys co-host, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net and Janet Allison of boysalive.com.